Hello and welcome back to the True Blue Sporting Podcast and it's that time of year again finally. The NRL season is upon us and it gets underway with the Manly Seagulls going to the defending Premier's home in the Penrith Panthers on Thursday night and it's only just the beginning on what is going to be another fantastic season for the NRL which I cannot wait for. On Thursday it will be like Christmas Day for rugby league fans and everything in life just goes back to normal. The footy will be on and life will just go in around that. So what we're going to do on the True Blue Sporting Podcast from now on is well, every Thursday at 9am there is going to be a, an official preview and my thoughts up of the games which will take part um, in that week and then a review show on Monday afternoon. Basically my opinions on the games of that week, what I think will happen, reviewing how the, I thought it would happen and how it would actually go. So there's only one way to get it started. It's to look at that opening matchup between the defending premiers in the Penrith Panthers at home at Blue Bet Stadium for the first time since they've won their title up against the Manly Seagulls. A really interesting matchup, um, this one, to start the season. And if there's two teams you want to start the season, it's probably these two, and I would only have a couple of teams over the top of them to see first in the season. Uh, the betting in this has been quite interesting. Penrith are very, very, ha- very heavy favourites. Ever since the draw is released, really, um, as soon as this game come out, Penrith were the favourites and Manly were outsiders and everyone was giving Manly an outside chance. The start of this week, Nathan Cleary hasn't been named for the Penrith Panthers. He is out for the first month with that shoulder injury, which he's still recovering from, which has meant Manly have firmed as the favourites in this matchup. And I'm going to get jump on that bandwagon. I'm going to go Manly to get the win in round one. And here's why. Tom Trevojevic. Yes, Tom Trevojevic is a the best player in the competition on current form right now. That display he had last year is second to none. There isn't a stretch of play like that we've seen before. People argue Benny Barber, Jared Hayne in their respective uh, breakout seasons. But this was just on a different level. Turbo doesn't have to worry about Nathan Cleary's kicking game, and that was what I had winning Penrith the game. We saw it in the grand final, what Nathan Cleary did. He shut down the back three of the South Sydney Rabbitohs in that game, and if he was playing, I think they would have gone with a very, very similar game plan. Kick the ball away from Turbo, put it on the, put it on the likes of Saab and Garrick to cart the ball out from yardage instead of Turbo. But now Turbo doesn't have to worry about that. A lot of pressure on Sean O'Sullivan in his first game for the Penrith Panthers. But I don't think it'll be a walkover. I think it'll be a very tight, tight battle. Because with the Panthers, you've got the likes of Fisher, Harris, Yo. You know what they're gonna get. you're going to get from them. You're going to get a hard performance now from the Panthers. Doesn't matter who's in that side. And everyone's saying, oh, from that trial against Parramatta, where they did get beat 30 points to nil. No Nathan, no Panthers, I disagree. They're, they're a very, very good side, and I think that was just a mishap on the day. For Penrith to win, Jerome Luai has to be best on ground. With the ball, the playmaking of um, Cleary not there, a lot of pressure gets put onto Cleary. Oh, not Cleary, onto Luai. 
And for Manly, they're just going to have to rely on Turbo. It, it would have been a great matchup to see Cleary and Turbo, the two two best players in the competition, to start the season. But unfortunately, with Cleary's injury, he's not there. But it's still going to be one hell of a matchup to start the season. So I'm going to go with Manly to get the victory uh, by four points. It'll be an extremely tight, tight match to start the season. The 6 p.m. game on Friday is between the Canberra Raiders at home and the Cronulla Sharks. This shapes up as a very interesting matchup. First, we're going to look at the Raiders. Geez, they've gone some left field picks in their lineup this week. James Schiller comes from absolute nowhere to make his NRL debut in the center spot, which had a lot of conversation. Sebastian Chris and James Croker, two notable players who have played a lot of first grade. Chris playing about 20 games and Croker playing upwards of 300. But they've gone with the debutante, which is very interesting and is a very Ricky Stewart thing to do. Matt Tomoko partners him and Valame gets a wing spot ahead of Xavier Savage, who a lot, a lot of people were expecting to get that spot. But I think this is the right decision. Savage, yes, he's going to be a talent for the future, but he isn't ready yet. Go to reserve grade, get some games under your belt, and then when you get into first grade, you never go back to reserve grade. And that is, I would imagine, the plan for the Raiders with Savage. Nick Kotrick comes back. Um, He's going to be a very, very good buy for them this year. And he plays his first game back from the Bulldogs. Brad Schneider, he comes into the halfback spot for the injured Jamal Fogarty. Now, all summer they would have been planning around Jamal Fogarty, partnering Jack White and allowing Jack White to return to his very best, which saw him win a Dalian medal in 2020 and a Clive Churchill medal in 2019. So they would have pinned their summer on those two being the starting halves. But unfortunately, Fogarty has gone down with an injury, which will see him out for four months, which gives the opportunity to Schneider. But he's so, so impactful for the Canberra Raiders. Interesting makeup on the bench. They've gone with uh, Gula, Elliot, Horsburgh, Starling on the bench. It's a great forward pack with the likes of Hudson Young on one edge, Hawera Nair on the other. Elliot Whitehead plays lock which we've seen him not very much do. He's usually on an edge, and I think that's where his best is. So that's an interesting move. Ricky Stewart's done a Ricky Stewart. He's pulled anyone from anywhere. He's He's got the way he wants to do it, and he's going to do it that way. Josh Hodgson is the man now for mine. Now that Fogarty's out, he would have been the general and would have been the one steering the ship. He's no longer there. So it's time for Hodgson to stand up. A disappointing season from Hodgson last year wasn't at his best. Leaving the club at the end of this year, he needs to go up another level. He needs, if the Raiders are to do anything in season 2022, he has got to grab this side by the scruff of the neck and lead them around and be the general. And Josh Papali'i needs to return to his very best, but I think after a lean year last year, that will happen for Papali'i. On to the... Cronulla Sharks, they've made some interesting selections in their side. Mac Ikevalu starts on the wing and Mulatalo goes in the centres. Everything is as would have been programmed. Um, two big injuries uh, for them between the time of my prediction of them in the top four. Everyone, uh, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I am very bullish on Cronulla in 22. Two very key injuries, Cameron McInnes and Wade Graham look to be out for the first 
month of the season. I think this is going to impact them a lot and is sort of making me question my prediction, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to backflip. I'm going to stick to it because I do really like the Cronulla side. I like Kennedy, Hines, and when McInnes comes back and when what Graham comes back, they will just uh, complement Fanukin in that forward pack so very well. So Wilson gets the start now that Graham is out injured. Interestingly, they've gone with a very, very big forward pack in Tolman, Talakai, Hunt, and Fafida. Three, basically four middle forwards. No um, player that can come on and cause chaos like the Raiders have got with Tommy Starling. Maybe Luke Metcalf, who is in jersey number 18, could be a late change on the, onto the bench, but we will wait and see. This is going to be a really interesting matchup because Cronulla and the Raiders, they're contrasting styles. Uh, Cronulla, they're the flair. They play with flair. They look to take the game on. They look to score points. Canberra, their identity is defense. They need. To, they are a defense-orientated organization, and that's what saw them make a grand final and prelim final only in two of the past three seasons. And Cronulla are looking to add that edge to their side this year. I think the attack for the Raiders is the worry for mine, and the defence for Cronulla is the worry in their lineup. So it's a battle of contrasting styles, and which one's going to come out on top? I think it's going to be the Cronulla Sharks, and that's because I just think they have the flair. They're just a very, very good side um, in 22. And I think Nico Hines and Kennedy are going to get their combination off very well. Matt Moylan also plays his first game of the season after missing the trials. So it's going to be a great contest to watch at the 6 p.m. time slot. Interestingly, Craig Fitzgibbon is not going to make his coaching debut as he is in a COVID sort of situation. I don't know if he has COVID, but he is... If he doesn't have it, he's deemed a close contact, so he won't be able to travel with the team. So I don't know if that counts as his coaching debut, but if it does, he's going to get a win on his coaching debut, and Cronulla are going to win by 10 points. The 8 o'clock game on Friday night is between the Brisbane Broncos and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. What everyone was deeming as the Adam Reynolds Cup at the start of the season is no more. Adam Reynolds is out for round one. He was out... Then he was in, then he's out again. It's just a bit, it's massive case of what's going on in Brisbane. But there's no Adam Reynolds, and that's a huge loss for them. It would have been great to start off the season with Adam Reynolds. And interestingly, Adam Reynolds, everyone's been talking about to Adam Reynolds in the media about how he is no longer at South Sydney. And a, a reporter asked him, what's it like to miss out um, on round one playing South Sydney and he goes I'm more upset about missing out making my debut for the Broncos and I think that shows the dedication which he has to the club already and how good of a signing he is actually going to be for them as their club captain but he is not on the field in round one Albert Kelly takes his spot to partner Billy Walters in the halves interesting decisions in the back line I was correct with Jermaine Asako at fullback Cobo takes a win spot and Corey Oates starts on the wing ahead of Pereira. The front row, uh, Pelesi, uh, Turpin, and Haas. Haas, Payne Haas, what can you not say about him? He is, if not the best one of the best front rowers in the game and just turns up every week. Turpin gets the start at nine. And there's no there's no Corey Pakes in the lineup at all, which is an extremely interesting decision 
by Kevin Walters. Kurt Capewell, in his debut for the Broncos, captains the club. Pat Carrigan returns from a long stint of injury, and it's great to see him back, and he got through the trials okay, so he should be all good. Tyrone Roberts comes in and flies into the interchange bench um, after we didn't see any of him in the trials, so that's really interesting from the Broncos. On the south side of things, pretty much as per we would have expected, Taft takes the spot of the suspended Latrell at fullback. Tano Milne wins the spot on the wing ahead of Josh Mansell and I think is the right decision um, at the moment for them going forward. And they're as poor, as as per they were expected. Uh, Cameron Murray is captaining the side for the first time. Kulamatangi, Arrow on the on the edges. Nichols to, uh, to Tola. Cook, Ilias gets his first um, crack at the number seven for the season. I think that's the way they've got to go forward. They've shown faith in him in the charity shield and a very good charity shield at that kicking at 2040. And not even, not only that, just looking solid all around. If we're looking at this matchup, it's obviously, I'm going to lean towards South Sydney. They've just got a better roster and they're just going to debut uh, better in season 2022. And it's simple as that. I think they're going to start off the season um, where they left off. And I think Cody Walker is going to start off the season uh, where he left off. In the charity shield, wasn't he fantastic? Drifted off, uh, drifted on both sides of the field, popped up on the right and was damaging on the left like always. So expect a big, big season from him as again. Uh, it's just... Yeah, I don't know what to say. The Broncos, they were disappointing in the trials. Like I had I have such high hopes for the Broncos this year, but after seeing their trials, I know you can't read in a trial form too much, but it was really really disappointing. I just don't know where their points are going to come from. It's got to be Katoni Stags, and if there to be any chance, they've got to they've got to get Katoni Stags early ball. That's where the loss of Adam Reynolds is going to be big for their side. Adam Reynolds would have given him early ball and would have known when to get him the ball at the right time. And if they're... I'd actually, I go back on saying I don't know where their points are going to come from. If the Broncos are any chance of winning this game, they've got to get Katoni Staggs one-on-one against Jackson Paulo in that left center spot. Jackson Paulo in the charity shield didn't have the great greatest game in that center spot. So Katoni Staggs would be licking his lips about Jackson Paulo marking him. If they can get early ball to Paulo uh, to Staggs and he's got Paulo in front of him, he can either bump him off, step past him, use his pace. He's a very, very good player, Katoni Staggs, and he's the weapon of this side. So that's where their points are going to come from, but I just don't think they can rely on Katoni Staggs for this game. Like I don't think they'll have much go forward. Payne Haas is going to have to work extremely hard if they're going to have any go forward against that South's forward pack. And then like you can give him the ball on an early sh- on a shift and early in the tackle count, but if you're doing that every time, it just becomes predictable and it's just not going to produce. So Whereas South, you know, Cody Walker on that left side, well, isn't that potent? There could be plenty of points coming down there on Friday night, and I think there will be. I'm predicting South in an absolute bloodbath to win by 20 or more. Now on to Super Saturday. The first game on Super Saturday is the Sydney Roosters at the SCG at 3 o'clock up against the Newcastle Knights, and it's a tough start for Newcastle. They come up against the Sydney Roosters. My pre Uh, competition pick for the title in season 2022 they're led by this matchup is is the battle of the fullbacks James Tedesco and Caelan Ponga both captains of their clubs and leading their sides 
you look at the look at these two. It's just a mouth watering contest. And they, if these two go play for play, big play for big play, won't it be a game to watch on Saturday? But it's just not. I just don't see it happening with Newcastle. But they're not going to be in the positions of the field to give Kalen Ponga the ball where he is so effective and get the ball to. Get him the ball when he is in his spots like the Roosters will with James Tedesco. If we look at the Roosters' side, Billy Smith comes into the um, side ahead of the likes of Paul Momorowski, who moves to the wing. Adam Kieran is not in the squad. Kevin Aguama has been left out of the side as well to make way for Billy Smith, and that is so good. I really rate Billy Smith. I think he's a great player, and he's just been extremely unfortunate with injuries. Luke Keery's back, and he partners Sam Walker in the halves. Connor Watson is at nine for them with Sammy Verrills out through suspension. Lindsay Collins comes back from his ACL. And the Roosters, as per in the back row, Crichton, Tupanua, Bradley. We know what to expect from the Roosters. They are just incredibly, an incredibly well-oiled machine. They just deliver time and time again. Last What they did last season has never been done before. The amount of injuries that side had was unbelievable and you wonder how they made a semi-final with that squad and I think they're just gonna be they're primed this year they really are everyone's talking about how they're they're gonna be back up there look at what they did last year could it be a bit of an overreaction I don't think so I think it's the perfect reaction for what they did last year they did what they did last year with only minimal people in their squad but now they're their main man's back in Kiri and they're just going to go from strength to strength. And I think they will start off the season with a very, very good victory over the Knights. The Knights side, uh, Gagai returns. They could. There's, there's, there's points in that centre pairing in Gagai and Best. If they can get early ball to those two, then there's points. A bit like the Cowboys. Uh, not the Cowboys. A bit like the Broncos. They just. I just don't see where their points are going to come from other than them. Clemmer and Saifedi, DSAF, Daniel Saifedi is out. He's injured. That's so um, unfortunate for him. And if he was there, um, the forward battle would be um, slightly in Newcastle's favour, to be honest, because uh, the forward pack for the, the Knights in Clemmer, Jacob Saifedi, Daniel Saifedi, is very good forward pack. Uh, Frizzell, Fitzgibbon, man. It's... It's a good forward pack, but that Roosters forward pack is something else, and, and they're going to win the battle in the middle. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for Kalen to play off the back foot, and, you know, the story of this game will be who can get their strike players into the spots on the field to win the game. Because if the Knights get to their spots, I think they have the ability and best Gagai and Ponga to cause some damage, but I just don't see them getting there with the likes of their halves. Their halves, first NRL game together, a lot of pressure on them to lead this club forward. And then on the bench, Phoenix Crossland, Mitch Barnett, Leo Thompson, and Jariah Mamasia. Yeah, don't really know how they'll go. Um, so at three o'clock on Saturday, it's going to be a Roosters victory for mine by how many, I don't know. It's got the potential to really blow out and for alarm bells to be ringing for Newcastle quite early. But if if Clemmer and Saifidi aim up 
in that middle. They set the tone early. They could rough up the Roosters. Roosters, not traditionally the best starters. Yes, they did do well last year, claiming a round one victory, but they're not traditionally the best starters in a competition. They usually work their way up. So maybe we'll see the Roosters not start really well, but just with who they're up against, I think they're going to start off with a win and a very good win at that, probably by, similar to South Sydney, by 20 points or more. Saturday at 5.30 for mine is the best game of the round. It's the Warriors and the Dragons. It's the best game of the round for mine because I have absolutely no idea where this match is going to go. I'm sitting on the fence and I, I have gone for the Warriors, um, but in saying that, it's not with a lot of confidence. Um, I could see the Dragons coming out and upstaging the Warriors here. An interesting contest, definitely. People are saying these two are the bolters for the top eight. A lot of talk for... St. George in the last week after their Charity Shield performance. A lot of people saying they're going to finish in the top eight in season 22. I had them only finishing 11th. But, you know, after that performance, there's there's confidence which has been instilled in me by um, the Dragons and the way they performed. Uh, but just round one, I'm going to go the Warriors at the Sunshine Coast. Um, why? I It's just a vote of confidence. It's, it's an instinct that the Warriors are traditionally good starters in the competition. They usually do get off to a very, very good start. Um, and it's going to be a great contest nonetheless. Tyrell Sloan out the back for the Dragons. Um, Sully Lomax in the centres. Amone and Hunt, the halves. That's going to be a half and a very exciting halves combination to watch and um, watch it unfold and develop over the season. And... The back row, as I said in my preview for the Dragons this season, Bird, Sewer, and DeBellin are going to be the driving force for this team. An interesting um, makeup of the front row, Laurie and Woods play. George Burgess misses out. Molo's on the bench. Um, M. By as well on the bench. Um, so the Dragons, where they're going to get their points from is obviously their spine players and um, Zach Lomax. Zach Lomax had a very good charity shield and um, is going to be... If the Dragons are going to win, he is going to have to score some points and um, get over a rookie centre in uh, Villami Valle. Um, the Warriors, they've gone for Harris Tavita to fill the spot of Reese Walsh um, at fullback. I disagree. I think he should be playing in the 5-8 spot. I think that's his best side for this uh, spot for this side going forward. Uh Nicarima and Johnson are the halves. Yeah, it could have gone either way. Nicarima, uh, I personally would have had Harris DeVita. Um, but they've picked Nicarima. They've got to stick with him and entrust him to go forward and lead this side. Ewan Aiken starts in the back row up against his former club. He's made the transition from center into the back row. And that's going to be an exciting thing to watch throughout this upcoming season. Uh, he's very, very tough. Strong defender, strong ball carrier. Fanua Blake captains the side in the front row. Um, and what... Fanua Blake, he's up there in the top five front rowers in the game. He's He is a damaging ball runner. He's a brute of a man. And um, he is the... He's got to be the leader of this forward pack in season 2022. And I'm predicting that he will have a very, very good season. Look, as I said, I've gone the Warriors... In a tight one, no confidence at all with it. Who knows? Um, I've tipped the Warriors. I might change it, 
But now that I've tipped them, I will not change it. I'm on the fence, but I'm going to go the Warriors in a very, very tight one in the game of the round for mine at 5.30 on Saturday. The 7.35 game on Saturday night is the West Tigers at Combank Stadium up against the Melbourne Storm. And this has troubles for the West Tigers. They could get off um, their season off to a very, very poor start with the likes of um, Pappenhausen and Hughes, Smith, just causing absolute chaos like they did when they played him in the Sunshine Coast last year. Melbourne, they're the best starters in the competition. They never lose round one, and it's going to happen again this year. Look, the Tigers, they they did impress in their last trial match. Uh, Jackson Hastings looks to be a very, very good fit for the side, but they're coming up against Melbourne, and Melbourne are just in another level compared to them. Um, look, the Tigers... They've, they've named what is a pretty full-strength side for them. Laurie, Hastings, Brooks, and Simpkin make up the spine with Little out injured with a pectoral muscle. Oliver Gilder did impress in the trials. I thought he was very good. But uh, defensively, uh, there are a few question marks around him. With the ball in hand, he's very, very solid. But just with the... Um, just defensively making reads on that edge, I don't think he has it just yet. Um, look, there's not much to say about this matchup, except it could end up being absolutely anything. And as a Tigers fan, I'm quite worried about how this is going to go. Look, I'm hoping the Tigers come out and shock the world and, um, absolutely muscle up, be aggressive, because that's the way you're going to have to beat Melbourne. You've got to be aggressive. You can't be passive when you play Melbourne. You've got to be aggressive, stand up, and take the game to them. If the Tigers are able to do that, I think they may be able, not potentially to win the game, but just to call, just to make them a bit nervous. I, th- I hope they can cause a bit of chaos, and it would be good to see... Um, the Tigers come out, and everyone has been absolutely bad-mouthing them as an organisation for the past um, couple of months. But it, wouldn't it be good to see them come out and just cause absolute chaos on this competition and ruffle the feathers of one of the big dogs in round one? But I just don't see it happening. Melbourne, they've got too much star power, too much ability. Brandon Smith controversially comes back in, and I disagree with that decision. Look, he's banned. Yes, he would have played in the Maori game, uh, Maori and Indigenous All-Stars game, but they said no to Jordan Rapana. Canberra asked if Jordan Rapana could serve his suspension in that game, and the NRL said no, he can't. So he played. Then he was suspended for a a couple of weeks, and the likes of Brandon Smith and Latrell Mitchell, who were suspended, sat on the sideline. And now they're they're playing. They, their suspensions get revoked. So I think I think it's a poor, poor decision from the NRL. If they were going to go with it, then they should have let Jordan Rapana uh, use one of his suspension games as well. Um, but Brandon Smith's in. There's nothing you can do about it now, and um, it could be a very long evening for the Madge Maguire and the West Tigers. So I'm going to predict reluctantly Melbourne by by thirty. Um, but hoping, hoping the Tigers sneak in a victory to start off their campaign, but just don't know where it's going to come from. On super, uh, on Sunday 
Uh, it is the Parramatta Eels at Combank Stadium up against the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, I've got the Parramatta Eels winning this one for mine. I've got question marks about the Titans this season um, and just the rookies in that side. And Parramatta, they looked good in the trial. Obviously, like I said earlier, you can't read in the trials too much, but they did look good. And the, and the likes of Gutherson, Moses, and Dylan Brown was really impressive for mine. Dylan Brown was the best player on the field, and I'm hoping that he goes to another level in 2022 after a disappointing season last year in terms of attacking and his attacking ability. But yeah, this matchup, look, not much to say on it other than it. Uh, I'm expecting the Parramatta middles to dominate. Um, Papali'i, Lane, Paulo, Campbell, Gillard, and Madison, they've just got the... They, if you look at each forward pack in the competition, you'd probably um, say that these guys are the best. And if, if you could make a really, really strong case for them, and if you made a case that they were the best, I probably wouldn't disagree with you. Um, and they're just going to absolutely monster this forward pack. As everyone knows... The worry about Parramatta isn't how they start the year. They traditionally start the year extremely well, and under Brad Arthur, they are always primed to go in round one, and it's probably been the end of the seasons, which is the biggest question marks for Parramatta, and that's my question mark surrounding them. It's not how they start the year, because they do always start the year very well under Brad Arthur, but it's how they finish. So they will start off well. They will get a victory in round one for mine. The Gold Coast Titans are just... They're lacking. They're lacking that experienced player in the in the spine, and um, early on, new combinations going to have to work. Those combinations which have been worked on in the summer are going to have to be raring to go uh, as soon as the game gets going, uh, because in the NRL you don't have time. Uh, you don't necessarily give it be um, given the time to develop them in game situations, just due to how results driven this business is if they don't get results early on a lot of pressure on sexton a lot of pressure on campbell brimson and aaron clark as the spine there's not a lot of first grade games in between them so that's my biggest question mark about the titans this year and i think they're gonna um, struggle in round one at combank stadium too the new named bank west stadium or as, or as Parramatta like to call it paradise they just don't lose there they are just unbeatable they go another level at um Parramatta stadium and they just it seems to be an absolute fortress and that's what they wanted when they built the stadium their talks was let's get a fortress let's build a, a state-of-the-art stadium and it is a very very beautiful stadium and turn it into a fortress per tech stadium it was a bit of a fortress but you weren't scared to go to um, Parramatta, but right now, when you go and play Parramatta at Combank Stadium, you are very, very nervous about what they're going to deliver. No Sevo to start off the season. Sean Russell um, takes his spot on the wing. So no Sevo chance, but who knows? There may be a few Gutho chance on the weekend. Big game from Clint Gutherson in round one, and Parramatta win by 10. The last game of the round, it is the North Queensland Cowboys and the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Now, this this matchup could be an early matchup for the Wooden Spoon, to be honest, because I did my preseason predictions before what I saw um, in the trials, and what I saw from the Bulldogs in the trials was absolutely horrible. They brought in all these new names, and that wasn't the biggest thing for me. Yes, you bring in the likes of Adokar and Matt Burton. They're going to elevate your side and win you a few games. And obviously, you know what they're going to deliver. 
but it was more the question on how they were going to attack and how much they have changed over the summer. They just haven't changed one bit. It is the same attack which was there last year, and it was the worst attack in the competition last year. So even though I did predict them to um, improve a little bit into 12th, after the trial performance, I have lost a bit of confidence in the Bulldogs, and maybe they will draw uh, four further down the ladder and not climb as much as I thought they would. Uh, the Cowboys were good. They won both trials. They um, In the first trial, they didn't play um, anyone of note. In the second trial, they beat uh, a pretty full-strength Brisbane side and looked very good. Uh, for the Cowboys, uh, the Hammers at fullback and Valentine Holmes in the centres. Uh, this looks to be the way to go for them going forward. Um, I, I had it the other way around, but then seeing how they went and how they will attack, they're going to attack. Um, they're going to hammer. Just adds a lot out fullback with his uh, footwork, his ability, and Holmes adds that edge, uh, gives that edge a very solid defensive base. Uh, but it is a lot of money to be playing a setter going forward. Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend are the halves combination. Very harsh on Scott Drinkwater to miss out on the starting side. Um, just for me, Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend, they're two alike. They're two controlling and um, two controlling halfbacks. There's not really um, a Cody Walker and an Adam Reynolds in this halves combination. It's an Adam Reynolds and an Adam Reynolds for mine. So it's just, for me, it's the same. And, and it's they're not going to there's not another element in that halves that they're, they're just carbon copies of each other um tamalolo is going to play lock big question marks on whether he was going to play in the front row they've put him at lock got concerns about that it looks like they're just going to play absolute bash ball again with him and play without a link man in the middle with ruben cotter playing 14 so I'm worried about the Cowboys as well. I'm not that they don't excite me in season 2022. I've got them winning the spoon. They just they don't excite me, and they they didn't show me a lot in the trials. They showed that they could they could put some points on, and if the Hammer and um, Valentine Holmes show up, they can win some games. But I just don't think they can do it consistently over 25 rounds. The Bulldogs, obviously, it's a completely new team. Matt Dufty at fullback. Braden Burns is playing in a center spot. Uh, Josh Adakar on the wing. Matt Burton and Avarillo are the halves. And Paul Vaughan, Tavita Pengai Jr. come in for their debuts um, in a Bulldogs jersey. And with the Bulldogs, I think the issue is the halves. Matt Burton, he's not the issue. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's the halves. It's the lack of a halfback. Jake Avarillo, in the two trials that he did play, was not impressive as the number one halfback. He just didn't control the game. He he, he took too many risks and he he didn't um, have classic halfback play, which someone like Kyle Flanagan would give you. But he's just fallen completely out of out of favor, it appears. And they did sign him on big money and said that he was the man. So it is pretty concerning that Jake Avarillo um, has so easily won that halfback battle because, you know, Kyle Flanagan only got eight minutes in the, in the trial only a couple of weeks ago. So their mind's been made up for a very long time. Defensively, the Bulldogs were also very, very poor um, in their two respective games. So it's it's for me, the Bulldogs are a working progress. That's what they are. They're a working progress, and for the fans, they need to calm down and not expect wins right away. And 
they're not gonna they're not gonna win this game. I've got the Cowboys winning it. It's gonna be to be honest, this is gonna probably be the worst game of the round. And who knows this this loser might end up getting the wooden spoon by the end of the year. But we just don't know um, how the whole year is gonna play out. But I think this is gonna be a poor contest in comparison to the other ones. It may be a a close game, uh, but I don't think it'll be exciting. And get the fans off their seat. Um, to be honest. Josh Adokar looked good in the trial as well. He he looks to have added a bit of spark, and we know what the Fox brings. He brings plenty of energy. So that's a plus for the Bulldogs. But I've just got the Cowboys. They're at home as well in North Queensland. That's probably the reason why I'm leaning towards the Cowboys, is the Cowboys are at home, whilst the Bulldogs have to travel. Um, so I'm going to go the Cowboys by, say, six points, but uh, with no real confidence once again. Um, and can see any one of these two sides winning it. Well, that's what I think about this uh, round of football. Um, there's no knowledge behind it, all opinion, no um, rugby league expertise. It's all opinion just from someone who sits back, watches football, and absolutely loves it. That's what the True Blue Sporting Podcast is all about. Um, so... Let me know who you think uh, is going to um, impress this week, who's going to disappoint. Uh, jump over to the True Blue Sporting Podcast Instagram page. Let me know who's going to um, impress, who's going to disappoint, and who is going to win in season 2022. Thanks for joining me on the True Blue Sporting Podcast. A bit of a long episode today, but this will be the new norm as we preview and review the games this uh, this season. Um, so thank you for joining me and I'll see you on Monday for the review of the round.